Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Janet emailed pods at rnz.co.nz to tell me about Brexit Cast a show she's become pretty addicted to that features some top BBC journalists explaining what's going on with Brexit. Janet writes it's very backroom and surprisingly entertaining, if not funny. So, a podcast about the UK's eventual withdrawal from the European Union. Really? Well, if you want to learn more about the whole Brexit mess, past, present and future, I can't think of too many better places to start. You've got these four clever BBC political correspondents chatting in a very well-informed but relaxed way about all the twists and turns. They get on well, there's lots of laughs, and they don't mind saying when they don't understand something. There's also this rough-and-ready dynamic feel to the show, so episodes come out whenever something newsworthy happens. Some weeks it feels just about like every other day. And they get recorded wherever the hosts are on the Brexit trail, in Brussels, taxis, Westminster, Strasbourg, even in bed. The notebooks come out, unnamed sources get quoted, and you come away from it feeling like you've got the inside track. I'll speak to the show's producer in just a moment. First, though, here's a couple of clips. This one's from March, so a little bit timestamped, but it's the BBC's political editor, Laura Koonsberg, talking to two of her fellow presenters, Chris Mason and Adam Fleming. Like a fool, I thought this was going to be a relatively quiet day. I thought that the MPs Mm. would probably vote to say we shouldn't leave the European Union at the end of March without a deal which would have been an important political expression Mm. of will, but wouldn't have changed that much, except there were absolute scenes, Mm. pandemonium, and something else happened. And I've got a little list. Does this help? Let's have a list. Do it. Yes, please just talk us through it in chronological order, yeah. Uh, Number one, MPs voted clearly to say we should never leave the European Union without a deal. Mm -hmm. Not binding, but a very strong expression of will. Yeah, ever, 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 ever. That only happened because the government lost so many of their own sides, including cabinet ministers Mm. who didn't vote the same way as the prime minister. 13 ministers, four cabinet ministers, and then one minister who actually voted against as opposed to abstaining. Right, and quit to do so. And around these parts, that is a big, 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 big deal. Number three, and this is the forwardy looking bit, Theresa May immediately then said to MPs, well, look, either my deal or a long delay. And guess what? I'm going to have another vote on my deal within the next seven days. And tomorrow, the last thing, the government says MPs will be asked to vote on extending until the end of June. So even if she gets the deal through next week, Brexit is not happening on March the 29th. The earliest kind of technical official date would be June the 30th, but she might still make it with the deal through by March 29th. Who knows? And that sense, because I've spent the whole evening uh, loitering in and around mm. uh, the commons, in the lobby and in the press gallery and then just catching up with people. That sense of pandemonium was extraordinary. Yeah, what was it like? Because I was here like trying to do the so piece of the technical news incredible work it out. was that, well, what was reassuring, because the highways and byways and rules and regulations of the House of Commons are quite baffling, if you've, even if you've been here for a while. <laughs> and what was reassuring, speaking to both NPs and 
fellow scribblers in the lobby was that lots of people were quite confused <laughs> about what was going to happen. But what was really striking, and I know this sounds quite nerdy, but it gets to the essence of the challenge that particularly those who defied the government tonight, the, the essence of how difficult a moment it was. I was looking down into the chamber uh, and you could see ministers trying to work out what they were going to do. Yeah. caught between two principles and two yeah. deep principles. A, a desire not to see a no-deal Brexit mm-hmm. and a desire to be loyal to the government in which they serve. And then you add on to that, that whole thing garnished by a sense of confusion mm-hmm. that I know you've been tweeting yeah, about tonight, yeah. Laura, about whether or not, well, what would happen yeah. if they either abstained or if they voted against. I think there was an expectation that if you vote against, you're going to lose your job. But could you keep your job if you abstain? Yeah, and there's Which a whole... it turns out... They could. Turns out they could. So what did you see? Because, you know, these are, are and, and, and you guys, I know that the European parliaments work in very different ways, but here one of the fascinating things about, if you're like us, mm-hmm. about covering Westminster, you see it physically because people have to get up and decide which corridor to walk through. And, so, you know, you see ministers like heads in hands. There was a minister who was phones. literally, not mm-hmm. just metaphorically, literally sitting on his hands in his seat, mm. not wanting to move. And wow. then people coming up and clearly saying, what are you going to do? And you can see because of the gesticulations, are we going that way? Are we going the other way? In other words, which way uh, you're going to vote? Then he got up and had a wander around and sat down again. Then he got up and wandered out and walked out of the back doors. And I thought maybe he's just going to the loo or <laughs> just, just running getting away. out of it, <laughs> out of the way. And then I thought, and then he disappeared. And, I, and yeah. you know, you're then left guessing as to what's gone on. In I, the I think it was also confusion about... In the end. And here's another example showing the kind of info that Brexit cast can get from political insiders. In this case, it's the Conservative MP Andrew Percy dishing the details of his happy place in Westminster. Andrew, do you ever hide anywhere in Parliament? I found a hiding spot. It's a really good <laughs> hide spot. That it's there are some. I don't want to give too much away. Cause it's a brilliant hiding spot, but <laughs> it's really find it it's dark. It's like a cube. There, there are some cubicles, and they're in a bit where, and you can switch the lights off. And it's on <laughs> a, a toilet. One of the main paths into. It's not a toilet. And <laughs> I have taken to hiding in there. Close the door. Turn the light off, and I put my jacket over me, <laughs> so over my white shirt. And because it's 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 quite dark, but it's just for a rest. I'm so glad like, we've put the people, new in, in things in place see for people, people coming and going. But the best thing is, like, you can sit in there and no one can see you because it's dark. And it's, so you... I wave at them and they don't see you. And no one's opened the door and no, no, rumbled go, you. No, gosh, no. And then you, I've even moved a little chair in. It's uh, a little seat. <laughs> and you see people, people stop outside and have conversations. And you hear all sorts. I feel like I'm in sort of East Berlin in 1983. So what's yours? Is it like a little pre-stall or something? It's almost like a priest yeah. I'll tell you where it is later. Yeah. <laughs> well, it sounds like quite um, a good place for a journalist really to be. It's very, very close to the chamber. What have you heard while you've been in your hidey hole? Well, I mean, I can't tell you some of the gestures I do at people when they go past. <laughs> if I don't particularly like them. It's, um, it's, you've got to keep some sort of sanity. <laughs> How long do you spend in your hole? Maybe like, <laughs> maybe like 20 minutes, just when I want a rest or something. I just go in there and have a little bit of a break. So, my staff don't want me. My staff don't want me coming back to the office. When I walk in, they're like, what do you want? And so I'm like, get out, because you're just going to get in the way. Who are you? Um, so it's great. It's a really good hiding spot. So how's Brexit cast become such a big hit? Well, the idea for the show came out of another similar podcast, all about the 2017 UK general election. Brexit cast's producer Dino Sophos studied politics at uni and was working for the BBC's political unit, so he knew all the journalists already. 
The most interesting part of the day I found working at uh, BBC Westminster was we'd have a morning meeting about 9.30 uh, with all the correspondents huddled around a desk with cups of coffee and just chewing the fat over what was happening in the day, uh, what had happened last night, what was going to happen today. And I just, I just thought... This is fascinating. I wish we could just record this and put it out because it was all impartial. They were talking with their BBC heads because it was a BBC news meeting. But it was fascinating because it was kind of unfiltered. They got into lots of detail. And that's kind of where I thought, hang on, we should just be doing this as a podcast. But yeah, on paper, when you have to sit down and write the podcast description, what is this? It's kind of like, you know what it is on, you know, on iTunes or Spotify, whatever, you have to sum up your podcast in a, in a, in a pithy sentence. And it's kind of like, oh, God. Um, four political correspondents <laughs> sit around. So, you know, it's, it's not sexy. So, yeah, it's, it shouldn't work. But the reason Brexit cast works is because, you know, Chris and Adam have been broadcasting together since university. They were on student radio together. Katya and Laura are friends in real life, we're, in fact, we're all pals in real life. So the conversation that you hear on the podcast is the, is the same conversation that you would hear if they went to the pub and had a glass of wine and talked about what had happened that day. It's not forced, it's authentic. And, you know, as you know, podcasts only really work if the voices are authentic and they're being real and you can spot a phony a mile off. So if somebody's putting it on, it just sounds cheesy. And that's why Brexit Cast works is because they are just being you know themselves so yeah that's that's the kind of key to its success one of the other really nice things i think is the way that even though they're senior journalists they're quite happy at times to go i've got no idea what's going on you know someone else will chime in and it's almost like they'll work something out together you know and and explain it to each other if you like exactly that and that's and again that's totally authentic as well so Laura and Katya and all of them, they all say it's actually really useful. And Katya describes it as therapy (laughs) because it comes to the end of the day and they've been covering it from their patch. So, you know, Adam, Brussels reporter, Katya, Europe editor, is covering it from Europe. And Laura, political editor, and Chris Mason political correspondent covering it from Westminster. So they've, although they've been sort of seeing on Twitter kind of how, what Brussels has said, they've not got the inside track of what, you know, politicians are saying behind the scenes in Brussels. So it's really useful for them to get their notebooks out, and they literally do get their notebooks out and compare notes. And, get they, you know, and you hear it, oh, well, we're being told, told that. Oh, well, that's not, that doesn't chime with what we're being told by number 10. You know, and you, and you hear that playing out on the podcast, and that's, it's riveting. One of the real kind of indicators of its, of its success and, and the fact that we are kind of breaking ground and doing something that isn't being done anywhere else is that Adam's often stopped in the queue to the European Parliament or the European Commission building by advisors to Michel Barnier saying, you know, loving the podcast is really useful for us to, to hear what the other side think. So they're getting, <laughs> they're getting their information. We know MPs, we know people right at the top of the negotiations are listening to Brexit cast to find out what's going on almost behind the scenes because they get, you know, know, Laura is talking to people right at the top of government. You know, she has the best access of any political journalist in this country and she will get her notebook out on Brexit cast and say, this is what sources close to the Prime Minister are telling me about Michelle Barnier's statement today. 
So where better to, to hear it if you're a player? So yeah, that, that really, really is just fascinating for us to, to hear when people like that stop us and say they're listening. So you're the producer. You've got these four busy journalists all over the place, often on the yeah. road running around. You've got to try and coordinate them and get them all together to record a show, always mm. on a weekly basis, but sometimes far yeah. more often than that. What's the big challenge for you in doing that? How do you do it? Well, it only works because we're uh, we all we all get how it works, and and we, we've had a lot of practice over the past couple of years. Uh, we have a WhatsApp group. You know, we loosely plan to record an episode every every Thursday. The interesting ones is when something really big happens in the news, and we just know we have to record an episode. Somebody will just message the group going, "We better do an emergency or sound the klaxon." Laura records it in the back of a taxi. We recorded it on. May Force One, Theresa May's uh, private plane before. Adam records it in bed all the time because he's usually <laughs> doing the early shift and we record late. So we could, they can pop up from wherever. We've also, I should mention, you know, our brilliant, brilliant engineers. One of your lads as well, actually, a guy called Edward Swift, who's a, who's a Kiwi and works for the BBC in Westminster as one of our regular engineers. And he's for, from Auckland and he's just brilliant. And he, you know, he has the real tough technical job of just making sure the lines sound good and we use all sorts of tricks of the trade to which i won't bore you with of like you know how to how, how it kind of works but the whole idea of the podcast as you know if you heard it is it is rough and ready it is we are literally just going to pile into the studio sometimes we start recording without everybody in the room it's just like they'll join when they can laura is literally running off the 10 o'clock news might have to go back on the 10 o'clock news before the end of the podcast so you know we just do it when we can and, and that kind of adds to the drama and adds to the tone of the kind of like you know everyone's out of breath and and wired on adrenaline and each episode then sounds different because sometimes we might record in the afternoon sometimes it's really late at night like really really late at night where I've recorded an episode before kind of after one of the late night Brussels news conferences that we've started recording at like 1.32 and then I've had to edit it so I'm up very very late but the the crucial thing is is that the the episode is up and has dropped in people's feeds for when they wake up in the morning at seven o'clock or whenever and they can listen on their way to work and just kind of knowing that we've it's there for them is just so satisfying from from a producer's point of view is like the episode's there we've done our job it sounds great and we know that people will be listening to us on their way to work and will have explained what's happened in the dead of night it reminded me of the Daily and Caliphate right, that the yeah. New York Times are putting out. And that they talk quite a lot about the, the impact that Trump's election has had on the business, on the media, on mm. podcasting, because it's created this huge interest in sure. politics and how it's covered and, and what people say and holding mm. people to account. Do you think Brexit could be a similar kind of event for the UK media? We know that on busy Brexit days, the BBC website has, you know, 70% higher traffic than usual. So people are, wow. you know, just generally audience engagement on this story is massive. So people genuinely are confused. They genuinely care. We have listeners on both sides of the Brexit divide, you know, people who really want to see, who voted for Brexit and want to see it delivered, and people who want it stopped. And they all care equally as passionately. And a lot of people who are just really, really confused with what's going on. And they, and, and because... We deliver it in a way that's conversational, informal, and we also take our time to explain the day's events. 
you know it's it's where a lot of people come we've got a lot of listeners who say you know i don't i don't watch the news anymore I, i just listen to brexit cast that's where i get my brexit fix from which is really nice to hear and it's also really nice as well that we are engaging younger listeners who don't have a relationship with conventional media who don't sit and watch the news anymore who have spotify who have you know phones and that's how they communicate with the world and they're engaging in bbc news this way and and they're they're getting laura's analysis via the podcast because they they wouldn't get it any other way so we have you know 17 year olds in glasgow messaging us going i've just got into the podcast which is amazing and and that really shows you that actually young people do want detail they don't want superficial kind of nonsense with silly music in the background. They want detail. They want impartiality. They want proper information. And sure, they might not understand every little last word or term that we mention, but they'll get the gist of it. And I think that the fact that Laura and Catcher are so conversational and they talk in plain, real English as if they were down in the pub makes it accessible there's no weird newspeak and and whenever we mention somebody or some jargon we'll try and explain it and put it into context so i think that's why it works and it's that really interesting kind of look behind the curtain i guess of of, of the process of journalism how these guys have contacts how they develop them the information Mm. sources they're using the uncertainty it gives you that kind of insight that you just don't get if you've got an article in a paper with a byline on it you don't appreciate any of that do you yeah, it's the whole behind the curtain thing. They just don't have the time to do that anywhere else as well, never mind the kind of setting or the informal setting of the podcast. You know, Laura has kind of two minutes on the 10 o'clock news, you know, two minutes in the morning on Radio 4. They don't have the time anywhere else to download this information. So, yeah, we can really peel back the curtain and show people, you know, what, what's going on. Um, and, and that's why it's, why it's really successful, I think. Where to next? I mean, it's quite difficult at the moment to see how and when the whole Brexit thing is going to be resolved. Presumably your Brexit cast is going for the foreseeable future, isn't it? It's really interesting. The last couple of weeks, you know, we're, we're about to enter a Tory leadership race soon. So there are bits of kind of domestic politics that are creeping into the podcast, which is totally natural because ultimately we're a politics podcast. And that's, you know, as a direct implication of Brexit, so it's Brexit related. Uh, and whoever takes over from Theresa May will have to, you know, try and deliver Brexit or, or, or not. I've separately uh, started developing a podcast for the US elections in 2020, which is really, really interesting because it's kind of starting something new with a different set of people who obviously are aware of Brexit cast and it's like, are we modelling it on Brexit cast or are we doing our own thing? So that's really interesting. And also the other interesting learning from Brexit cast is kind of how it's affecting our linear output because not only do I think there's a tonal f- shift, so when people hear the podcast, they go, why don't we just talk like that on the radio? <laughs> why don't we just talk like that on the news? You know, uh, it, yeah. there's definitely a, a, people realising that that conversational approach where you peel back the curtain and you just say it as it is, uh, as you see it, is re- really works. Podcasting has got this intimacy, hasn't it? Uh, this kind of, you know, a listener clicking on an episode with their kind of noise-cancelling headphones on and going, I'm going to give half an hour of you talking directly into my ears um, is something really, really special that you don't really get with linear radio because it's often on in the background. So that kind of just 
respecting the listener's time, I think, in podcasting and the fact that, you know, they've handed their attention over to you and what you do with that in that really intimate setting is something that we can we can take and run away with and go, right, well, how do we tell the story of the US elections in that in that space as the BBC? Um, how do we tell, you know, if there's another election in the UK, how do we do that? So, you know, it, it has got us thinking about the possibilities in the future. Dino Sophos, the producer of Brexit Cast from BBC Radio 5 Live. The show is presented by Laura Koonsberg, Katja Adler, Adam Fleming and Chris Mason, and engineered by Edward Swift, among others. And Brexit Casts just won the Listener's Choice Award at the British Podcast Awards. And thanks to Janet for sending in that listening tip. Pods at rnz.co.nz is the email address if you'd like to do the same. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. 